This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. center backhands it high into the corner rattled around the boards Marner traps sends it into the slot area Nylander holds to Matthews shot blocked played off the boards kept alive with just 14 seconds left O'Reilly keeping it in poked out at center by Florida empty net tie and it will be off the post but the time is well out of reach That is the legendary Joe Bowen, Toronto Maple Leafs Radio, as the final horn sounds last night in Toronto with the Florida Panthers walking into T.O. and taking both games against the Maple Leafs before heading back to Florida for a game three and a chance to take a stranglehold on on this series. Not long after uh, sweeping away, not sweeping away, but getting away from the President's Trophy winning Boston Bruins in round number one. Welcome to the program. Happy Friday. It's another edition of Sportsnet Today. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in beautiful Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And so much to get to on the program. Obviously, lots of reaction to last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Panic setting in in Toronto. Does a round one victory really mean anything if you can't get past Florida in round two? Talk about all of that and more. The Dallas Stars with a very impressive bounce back in game two against the Seattle Kraken to tie that series up. We have one game on your NHL playoff schedule tonight with the Devils and the Hurricanes. We'll dive into all of that. It's also a Calgary Wranglers game day. They're in Habitsford for game four of their series against the Canucks. We'll uh, check in with the Wranglers and see how they're feeling ahead of this matchup. And some more playoffs in the city of Calgary tomorrow as the uh, Calgary Roughnecks coming off their best regular season effort ever with 13 wins. Uh, they'll kick off their postseason tomorrow at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And we have uh, MVP candidate and uh, all-world goaltender for the Calgary Roughnecks, Christian Del Bianco, set to join us. In our number two. So lots to get to, but let's kick things off like we always do. Very happy to go down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Welcoming the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, he is Peter Labardius, and he is brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. They know your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? Good afternoon. I am excellent. Good to hear, my man. And uh, I've mentioned it a few times this week, but our last scheduled hit for this uh, yeah. this hockey season. And uh, we'll, of course, chat during the summer because there's lots of flames and hockey news to come down. But our last chance to, uh, to chat on a regular basis. It's been a great year, pal. Yeah, I uh, couldn't thank you more, my friend. It's, um, you know, we've 
we've covered a lot of ground again. We've done this um, together now. Or uh, my dear friend Will Nault was part of kind of this all coming together last year as well. So, yeah, I've really I've really enjoyed the time, and uh, I just I want to say that I, I think you've got a really really bright future going forward. That uh, means an absolute lot, pal. I appreciate that. Uh, very much. We got lots to get to here. We got another additional. What does Lou say to get to on this Friday to wrap things up? And uh, let's let's dive in, Lou, right on the uh, the hockey topic from last night. Uh, Toronto drops both home games to the Florida Panthers. They're unable to uh, to come back and pick up a win, and now they have a monumental task ahead of them, heading to Florida for game number three. What did you make of last night's uh, effort between the Maple Leafs and the Panthers? Well, Logan, if there was ever a game that typified what you get done when you're the better team and what you yield when the other team is better than you. I don't know if I could find, you know, a greater indicator. I, I actually think Florida was truly the best team in that game for about seven or eight minutes. And Toronto had nothing but self-inflicted wounds. Um, you know, they had, I actually thought they were going to run away and hide five minutes into the game. Um, they had great purpose. They had great pace. They got to the net. Um, and then after the game turned and they really did it to themselves, they didn't like their puck management at all last night. thought their defense as a whole really struggled to make plays. Um, and I even heard Sheldon Keefe talk about the fact that, you know, they made more big mistakes in one stretch of time than they did probably in the rest of the playoffs combined. And that's exactly how I looked at it, exactly how I saw it. And I didn't think some of their best players were hungry enough in hard areas. And I'd start with number 34. Austin Matthews is a tremendous player, but in the playoffs, Logan, I continue to ask myself, why am I not seeing more? And I did it again last night, and I've mm -hmm. done it twice now in this series, in a series where, you know, I've completely been in a position to be really dialed in and watch. It's not enough. And not to mention, um, you know, in the biggest goal of the game, which turns into the game winner by Gustav Forsling, like you have to be direct there. You sure do. And batting the puck to yourself in midair and then turning it over at the line, especially when your team has been reeling. And again, is that all on him? No. What I didn't like was I didn't like their puck support to help their defense, and I didn't think their defense did a great job making plays, especially during that stretch of time. And, you know, Paul Maurice's men, they capitalized, and they're going home. Uh, up to, but in no way, shape, or form do I think it's done. I really don't. And I think Toronto will very much benefit, again, from being out of the noise, out of everything, now out of the negativity. You know, I, I don't like the prediction game. I've already gotten it wrong. I thought Toronto would win the series in five. Yeah. I, I really did. And maybe that's not giving, and it isn't. It hasn't been giving florida enough credit and i know why because it just shows me again you know when you're not in a position to really dig in and watch highlights and what you read doesn't tell you the whole story it just doesn't 
But when you watch and you dig in and you really understand why and what's happening, you know, they do what they do well and they're highly competitive. Um, you know, their defense has done a nice job, albeit it's not the greatest group. But as these playoffs go on on a Toronto front, I'm not sure that defense is good enough to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, last night was an interesting indication of that, Lou, because here's Morgan Riley at 26 and a half minutes by far. That's, I think, almost six minutes clear of any other Leafs defenseman last night. So they're leaning on him a lot. And the biggest thing is this is probably the first time, I know it's the first time we've talked about it in Calgary, but it's becoming a topic in Toronto, Lou. The game's getting a little fast at times for Mark Giordano, who found his ice time down to, to 15 minutes last night. That's a big shift from the regular season where they leaned on him for 20 minutes a night. Well, again, um, the older you get, and he's in the greatest shape he could ever be in for a guy who's, you know, about to turn 40 on the 3rd of October. Um, it's it's difficult. And I didn't think his partner, Mr. Liljegren, had a very good night either. No. So, you know, first goal... Again, maybe overly critical, but, you know, Lilligren turns it over, and unfortunately, Mark can't get back to the front of the net. And he finds himself, you know, probably looking to make himself available for an outlet, but when it gets turned, now you can't get back to the front. So we talk a lot, you know, in this segment about your ability to be connected, and, they, you know, the Leafs were not a very connected team at times last night. And it made life pretty miserable on their back end. So, no, I didn't – Mark's game was certainly nowhere near what I've even seen in what I've been able to watch of the playoffs, certainly in round one. I, I just – I didn't like the group as a whole outside of Morgan. Yeah. That's something that they'll have to uh, adjust to. Good news is their GM gave them lots of options uh, ahead of the trade deadline. We'll see what kind of uh, changes Sheldon Keefe might make to his back end ahead of game number three. Leafs now down in that series, two games to none. That could have been the same uh, in the Seattle-Dallas series, Lou, but the Stars bounce back with a very impressive performance last night in Seattle. Uh, Much more, I think, to the way that Dallas wanted to play last night and uh, felt like more of a Dallas Stars effort. They were dominant in the face-off circle, almost at 70% last night. And uh, look who's there again on the score sheet. Uh, Joe Pavelski with now his fifth of the he series. Did it he's all right. He is, uh, he's doing all right for himself. Take a look at now his postseason goals, Logan, and who you find him in the same graphic in the same neighborhood with. Now that's, you know, when you're talking about being in the same neighborhood as Sidney Crosby in playoff goals, that's uh, that's an exclusive place, don't you think? It sure is. Oof. So, you know, my take on how this series has gone, and we'll see where it goes from there again. Um, you know, the mindset of a group, when you know a team is easier to prepare for and get ready for. When it's a team that, again, comes with it not as an expansion team, but still very much, as we've talked about this week, that type of label, I think Dallas was surprised in Game 1 by what Seattle brought to the table. But when that happens once, again, how many times do we talk on this program about 
it's not what happens one night. It's about winning a series or, you know, how you respond. And you really couldn't have had. That was Dallas Stars hockey through and through. You know, they got great contributions for, throughout. Um, you know, I, I love their board play. They're big in the right places. They have speed. They have excellent veterans. They have a fabulous goalie. I could absolutely 100% see Dallas in the Stanley Cup final. I really could. Yeah, it, it seems like a group that's got a, a bit of it all going when Sagan and, and Ben are back to contributing. We know about the all-star goaltender. I know you're a big fan of Miro Haskin and what he does on the cool. back end, Lou. You know who's the guy that nobody talks about enough is Rope Hintz. Yes, probably should he, talk more he, about him. He is a dynamite centerman. Um, great speed, wins face-offs, uh, you know, centers their number one group. He is a tremendous player. I know Jason Robertson, and for good reason, you know, really is the young guy over there that gets the majority of the headlines and, and chatter. But Rupe Hintz is a marvelous, marvelous player. And again, what I like about them is I really believe uh, in this day and age, you really need to, A, have a really good group on on defense. You need a good goalie. Uh, your top four matters the most. And, you know, they have size. They have speed. They can – it's a blend. It, and it's a great blend. So, you know, and the other part about Dallas when they're playing well, and again, they're not household names, but, you know, the pairing of Lindell and Hockenpah, they get a lot of mileage and they're both really good players and they make it hard to get to the middle. Um, it's a good team. It's a very, very well coached team. It has balance. It has depth. You know, like you mentioned, Logan, off the top, you know, they, all year long, they've been a great possession team, and one of the reasons is is because they start with a puck a lot. They have a lot of attributes over there. They don't maybe have the, you know, nobody has the star power at the very top of Edmonton in terms of what's left in these playoffs, but that's not going to be an easy group to beat four out of seven. And who knows? Maybe they don't even beat Seattle. Mm-hmm. But I, I like I like the makeup of their group. And just to bring back for our listeners, curious when Lou mentioned uh, where Joe Pavelski finds himself in terms of all-time playoff goal scorers. Uh, he entered the top 20 last night with his 69th career playoff goal. That is one behind Steve Eiserman and uh, two behind Brian Trottier and Sidney Crosby uh, and not far behind some of the likes of uh, Marlowe, Tikkanen, Ovechkin, all those guys that you know, if he certainly has a chance this series, Lou, but if he goes to another series, could absolutely pass uh, some absolute greats there. And look at that. Mario Lemieux at 76 all-time goals. It wouldn't stun me if Joe Pavelski were to find seven more playoff goals in himself at some point. No, and and again, the graphic I saw last night that I was referring to, and probably, and I love the fact that you dug even deeper when we had a few seconds here, I think amongst active players right now, he's three. If I remember off the top of my head what I saw in that graphic, it was Ovechkin at 72, Crosby at 71, and him at 69. Yeah. Malkin's the only other active player close at 67, and he's obviously not playing anymore. So that's a high rent 
neighborhood. I saw that last night and I went, whoa, throw that between the ears that has a lot going on on a very minute-by-minute basis. Would you take a stab at who's uh, behind Malkin for active players, Lou? Um, Active current playoff goals? Yeah. If you give me the number, it'll give me a better idea. Uh, 53. 53. Eastern team. Pittsburgh? No. No. Kucherov. I'd, I'd get there, but we yeah. don't have time to yeah. sit on Lou trivia. Yeah. Kucherov at 53. Yeah. Yeah. I probably should have went there um, quite immediately because um, point Kucherov. I don't know how many Jake Gensel has, but he racked up a boatload <laughs> for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. So, right now, Kucherov, Kane, Marshand, and Perry. All tied yeah. uh, with 53 playoff goals in their career. Yeah, that's a pile, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pete Labardius along with us. Uh, ever brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Joins us every single day to uh, kick off the program. And uh, moving from the NHL, Lou, we had some uh, Men's World Championship news yesterday when Team USA announced their initial roster that uh, included Flames prospect Matthew Coronado. Well, today uh, Team Canada releases their initial roster and uh, features three former or three players who played for the Flames uh, this past season. We heard rumblings that uh, Mackenzie Weger, Milan Lucic, and Tyler Toffoli would be on that group. Uh, it is confirmed today. I guess just your thoughts on those three uh, donning the Maple Leaf and what you saw from Canada's initial roster today. Well, you know, I, I look at it from a Flames perspective this way, and and it's not in outside of Mackenzie's case. Um. So for Tyler, if I am not mistaken, I don't think he's ever had an opportunity to wear red and white, ever. Not that I can think of. Um, I'd have to double-check it. I don't think he played in a world championship um, prior to the opportunity to do that this time. So I'm delighted for him. I think think every player um, that has had prominence and has had a great career should have that opportunity uh, for McKenzie again, well-earned seventh round pick. He'll be a big piece of that team because let's be honest. Um, there's five spots still open. We'll see what happens. And, and the hard part about the world championship, it's, it's a three week event, Logan. So it's, and it's becoming more and more difficult, especially since we don't know when the next best on best is on the calendar, you know, you get, you get in that 50 to 80 neighborhood of guys that you'd probably really want to invite that actually come or go depending on their situation. And that's just the reality. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me happy at all, but that's the reality. So um, for Tyler, it's awesome for McKenzie. It's awesome. Um, and for Milan, I'm pretty sure the only time that it has happened for him, and I was lucky enough to be along for the ride, is the play-by-play broadcaster of the two se- 2007 Canada-Russia Junior Super Series, of which Milan was the captain. He had just come off winning the Memorial Cup 
in that spring with the Vancouver Giants. Brent Sutter was the head coach. Peter DeBoer was one of the assistant coaches. Um, and he was part, you, if you ever uh, want to see a bit of a who's who, go back and take a look at that roster and see who was on it in the summer of 2007. Milan was the captain. Um, you know, he gets to share the experience with one of his best buddies and, and Tyler. Uh, and I know how much it is all the game means to him. I don't know what his role is going to be. I'm sure he will have an amazing time in an event that is known as much for the fun sometimes that players have as well as what they try to get accomplished on the ice. But uh, so for all three guys, really excited for them, even though I think, you know, from a hockey standpoint moving forward, in some ways the biggest beneficiary might be the defenseman. Uh, if uh, hockey DB or should be if elite prospects is leading me right, uh, it seems as though Tyler did don the Maple Leaf in uh, 2015 in Prague. Okay, that would you know what championships. That is, right. that is right. That is right, and that was an elite team. That's sure one of our was. best teams that we've ever put together. So my apologies on that. I'm not quite sure why that didn't come to me, but. Uh, that was a hell of a team. Burns was there. Oh, yeah. Ekblad was there. Sagan, Crosby, O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. McKinnon, Giroux. Yeah, yeah it was okay. Holy was okay. mackerel. That Let's dope. put it this way, Woo. okay? Riga, Latvia is not the cell that Prague and the Czech Republic is either. <laughs> yeah. I don't see a lot of guys turning down trips to Prague. No. No, I don't say don't see that either. Um, one interesting name on there, Lou, that I wanted to bring up with you, uh, Adam Fantilli, top prospect for the NHL draft, uh, will be part of Team Canada going in there. And interesting decision for him to go because already a top prospect there. And um, a lot of people wonder sometimes if the risk is worth the reward when you're a young man, you know, about to be drafted in a few weeks' time. What did you make of uh, Fantilli's choice to join Team Canada? I don't ever look at it the way I think some other people do. And I get it. I mean, is there always a risk? Well, there would be a risk for him playing in his first preseason game or the next game that he's going to play next season. So there's always risk, but what there isn't Logan is great opportunity. And so I like to look at things more, of an opportunity rather from the outlook of fear and what might happen negatively. I think it's a way, you know, for him, depending on his role and ice time, um, I think his game, which is loaded with speed, fits that ice surface really well. Um, I think it's a great way for him, again, to see another part of the world, be around players, be around great competition, um, I'm highly, highly in favor of it. And that's not, again, I know people will go, well, you'd be in favor of anybody suiting up for their country, and you would be correct <laughs> um, regardless. But again, I still have the ability to step back. And I think too often in a lot of situations, we think about what could happen negatively rather than what can happen positively. And And I understand risk and it's 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 not me it's not my kid 
But I can tell you right now, if it was my son in that same spot, I'd be pissed at him if he didn't take advantage of every quality opportunity in your life that you get. I think the karma always comes back. And I think there's always something to be learned from things that you do and experiences that you have. I don't think playing out of fear is the way to go. Lou, we got one piece of business left to handle on this uh, final uh, scheduled hit between the two of us. It's one we've done all year long and uh, very happy to bring up on our uh, final edition of What Does Lou Say? Uh, It's brought to you by our great friends at Roost Chris Steakhouse, now open Tuesday to Sunday at 5 p.m., the perfect place to indulge before the game. Enjoy prime steak, broiled to perfection, and serve sizzling on a 500-degree plate. Bruce Chris has been along with us all season long, and uh, we've continued what I, you and me have talked about many times as we think the best giveaway in radio anywhere on a weekly basis. Anywhere. During the weeks of the flame season, we were giving away lower bowl tickets and a $200 gift card. After the flame season was over, they continued on with us, and we're still giving us these great $200 gift cards to go and visit them. Uh, so we've been so lucky to have them. It was so easy. All you had to do was head to the website or the contest tab, ask Lou a question, and if we answered your question like we're about to with Brandon's, then you could have won that $200 gift card and uh, some lower bowl tickets during the flame season. So absolutely fantastic to have them on board. Thankful for everything that they gave us this season, and uh, Lou, your final question for what does Lou say on this season comes from Brandon. Uh, I like this one to uh, to finish us off here as we've got so many questions around the Flames right now. Uh, Brandon's question is, hey, Lou, my question for you here is I keep hearing the next GM and coach have to fix the culture in this Flames organization. In your eyes, what does a winning culture consist of? Enjoy your summer, Brandon. Well, thanks. Um, I talk about it in many ways on this show and this hit a lot. So it is a a fabulous question. And again, do I have all the answers? Absolutely not. And would never pretend to because I've never been in a situation um, really to play a role in, in building it. But I have in other ways. And I can tell you in this day and age, whatever team you're trying to build or lead, I think it's more difficult today to build it than it ever has been. But what I'm a big believer in is continuity and continuity and collaboration is very, very important along with leadership and identifying who the best people are as your leaders right from your ownership down. Philosophically, I think people have to be very aligned in terms of, what they value, what they bring to the table, right through your scouting department. Um, And then what's really, really vital in terms of all of it is the players, the type of players. And Logan, I guess I'll end it this way because it is really about pulling that all together and building some continuity with it. I say this at all levels. And I feel more strong about it than I ever have. You don't always win with the best people. You win with the right best people. And so identifying those, allowing them to do their jobs the way they can, supporting them to do them their best is how I think you build it. And I don't know if, 
I don't think what what happened this year was really hard in Flamesland, but I still think there are a ton of great players, some excellent people. I think even in in ownership and, and John Bean, they've already shown great leadership in terms of it was broken. So when it's broken and it's not always easy, but I think they're already taking steps to fix it. And that's not easy to do when there's a lot of money on the line sometimes either and friendships and, and long-standing relationships. So that in a nutshell, not really a nutshell, a big bag of nuts would be, and I love nuts would be my, uh, would be my answer. Uh, Lou, that was a fantastic way to uh, end off. What does Lou say? Once again, brought to you by our great friends at Roost Chris Steakhouse, the best place for game day. Order from the primetime menu, make it in time for puck drop with two courses from $55, three from 65 Visit RoostChrisSteakhouse.ca. Lou, as we wrap up our, uh, our final regular hit here of the season, uh, a chance for uh, you to take the floor, sir, and uh, wrap us up uh, for the last time uh, on a regular basis. We'll talk during the summer, but uh, to uh, to wrap up our final hit together here. Yeah, well, well, thanks for the opportunity. I, w- I want to start with uh, Curtis and his terrific group at Gemini. Um, they've been a longtime supporter and a longtime sponsor of my hit, and uh, I'm forever grateful for the partnerships and the people that I have met in my run in Calgary and Curtis and his group. And, you know, it started with a great gentleman by the name of Rick Stimson, who was a big part of it in the early going before Rick branched off and and is part of another business now. Um, Tim Collins over at Roos Chris. The only thing that makes me sad is he's a really busy guy and I'm a pretty busy guy and I haven't seen him in person for a long time, but him and, you know, his marketing people and, and Vince and, you know, Leon, who does such a great job on sales, some of my favorite people, and also would like to take time to thank Vince Godet and Joe and all the awesome people over at Wolf um, Cadillac and all their incredible time that um, they've given me their support. Uh, I, I say this a lot, Logan, and here's what I'll say. I'm, I'm a very loyal, caring person. And um, in any walk of life, that I continue to go forward in. There's nothing more important to me than, than the people that I'm involved with and believing in them and really feeling their support and love and friendship. So I, I feel very grateful for, for those relationships in particular. And a special thank you again to you, Taylor Cameroon. Um, you know, these hits require a lot of work. The shows require a lot of work, and um, I'm, I'm really proud of just a lot of the young people at our station in terms of where the station is going, where it's headed, and I'm happy in any small way uh, a role that I get to play in terms of helping and, and influencing. And um, while I can be a pain in the ass sometimes, and I know it, um, I'm, I'm very grateful to have a forum on a daily basis to, to not only give my opinion, but hopefully help, help steer and mentor some of our terrific young people at our station. 
And uh, Lou, right back to you with uh, with all that you do for the station. We know, obviously, being the color voice of the Flames is just a part of what you do. And uh, I know I appreciate the time that you always give to us. And uh, you're always uh, someone to lean on and someone to learn from here at the station. I appreciate the time. Uh, as always, I'm so glad that our relationship between you and me has grown. Uh, personally, more throughout the year, I've been enjoying the hits every single day, pal. I really do. Uh, it's great to listen and it's great to uh, to spend the time with you. Have a great summer. Uh, enjoy it with the family. I know we'll have you back on when there's Flames news, but uh, enjoy it. You've really uh, deserved to have some great times, and we'll uh, talk to you again and back in the full swing of things in the fall, hey? Yeah, thanks so much, and uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Without you, uh, we have very little, so thank you kindly. Have a great summer, everybody. Bye now. Take care. Peter Labardius, starting off for the final time this season as far as regular hits go. Don't worry, Lou's not going anywhere. Uh, we'll be back in the fall as part of the broadcast team here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, but uh, regular hits for the season. Letting Lou off for the uh, for the summer. Like I said, we've got Flames GM news to get to. Uh, head coaching, that's free agency, that's draft. Uh, we will call and bug Lou as often as we want to and as often as we need to. Uh, so don't think that Lou's going anywhere. It's just the, uh, the daily hits here on Sportsnet today um, that are coming to an end for now. But thank you again. Uh, as Lou says to uh, to our great sponsors, Roos Chris Steakhouse, uh, for doing what does Lou say every single Friday, the Gemini Group, for having Lou on every single day. Uh, we appreciate it and uh, can't wait to have you guys back in the fall when uh, hockey season gets going again here in the city of Calgary. We will uh, got to get out of here. We're well over time. Uh, apologies to my producers. We'll get back on it uh, as our one rolls on next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. When Bobrovsky is playing at the level he's playing at in the series, do you feel like that's a challenge to you? You have to raise your game? I don't give a f***. Why not? It doesn't matter for me. I'm doing my work. He's doing his work. Look at Samsonov. He just doesn't give a bleep. I don't give a f- <laughs> Don't ask him about Sergei Robrovsky. He's doing his thing. I'm doing mine. I don't really care what he's doing. Maybe a bit of frustration from the Leafs goaltender last night. His team drops game two and drops both games at home in their round two series to start things off against the Florida Panthers. And now have to uh, make some noise in Florida if they want to make this a longer series. Welcome back to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. And yeah, a number of things frustrating for the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Not only for goaltender Ilya Samsonov, but likely the injury status of Matthew Nyes. Also going to be a factor for the Leafs going forward in this series. Uh, Here's head coach Sheldon Keefe with an update on their uh, young star forward uh, after last night's game. Yeah, Nye's been diagnosed with a concussion, so he'll definitely be out uh, for both games three and four. I guess we would call him day-to-day beyond that. Uh, they'll give him symptoms and such. I'd say unlikely to return in the series, but we'll give him, we'll give him uh, some time to recover and, and see how that goes, but he's, he's ruled out for the next two games. Uh, nice. 20 years old, has a goal and three assists in seven playoff games so far. 
for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was their 57th overall pick in the 2021 draft and a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award. Uh, likely to see Alex Kerfoot promoted in the lineup uh, and perhaps Zach Aston Reese back into the lineup uh, if they go to 12 forwards for the Maple Leafs. And uh, a tough loss for the Leafs. Nice has looked good in a short period of time. Uh, of course, it was an incident with Sam Bennett behind the Panthers' net uh, that caused the injury for Nyes Bennett. Under fire for a different play in game two when he cross-checked Michael Bunting uh, above the shoulders, right in the neck. He got a two-minute minor on that play, but avoided suspension, was fined $5,000 today, uh, but will not have a hearing with player safety. And a bit... Uh, Maple Leafs, obviously, given the fact that it was Bunting in on the play... Uh, curious how NHL player safety handles business on a regular basis. I mean, Jordan Eberle somehow avoided suspension on his hit with Andrew Cogliano, which um, gave uh, some, I believe it was, a, was it a broken neck, Taylor, for, for Cogliano in that one, or at least a fracture in his neck? It was a broken neck. Yeah, so how that wasn't one called, how Bennett doesn't get away with anything in this one, but Punting got three games. For his uh, his actions in round one, I'm not saying Bunting's in the clear here. He deserved his suspension, but there's been a couple of other incidents this Stanley Cup playoffs, and now one the Leafs are on the other side of, where you're probably looking at player safety and going, nothing, then just just a five thousand dollar fine. That's that's all you got on that one. That's I really don't. I've never understood. I mean, player safety's long been one of those things that has caused people frustration because you can look at the same hit or close to the same hit five different ways and you might get five different results from player safety. It might be no fine. It could be a one game suspension. It could be a three game suspension. It's a guessing game uh, at the best of times. And that's really not how you want things to operate. And do I think Sam Bennett probably could have found himself Suspended for that hit last night? Yeah, I, I absolutely think he could have. It's, I, I think that falls within the area of, of worthy of a suspension, but didn't happen. It won't happen, and uh, they'll head to game three, uh, hopefully avoiding uh, a 3 nothing series deficit. And I wanted to ask uh, my producers about this today. We talked so much, and Cam, Cam will love this because we're talking Maple Leafs, and he can't get enough of them. I'm invested. You're heavily invested. I know that. You, you, I think you have a Matthew Nyes jersey I saw the other day. It looked really good. Yeah, it was pre-ordered. Yeah. Uh, it goes right next to my Matthews and my Marner jersey. Pretty uh, pretty impressive collection you've got going there. Um, I, I, I don't think Toronto gets swept in this. I want to say this. I don't think Toronto gets swept. I think they're definitely still in this series. But is it all for nothing, all the hype after the round one win against Tampa Bay? if they do lose to Florida in four or even five games, because it kind of feels like we got all excited about nothing. And I thought they were going to, I picked them in this series. I still thought they were going to be a tougher out than this. And I still think they are going to be a tough out, but it kind of feels like we're, I don't know, overhyping it or maybe we overestimated this group after one win. If they happen to be an easy out for Florida. Yeah, it, it's tough, right? Because you get through the first round and it's like, great, the, the monkey's off the back, the weight's been lifted off your shoulders, great. But if you don't win a game, it doesn't really matter. Like, you haven't really done anything more. Yeah, you got through six games of Tampa, 
But if like like you're saying, if it's four or five games and they're out, you haven't really done anything. So yes, it probably helps the the case for keeping this core together a little longer, another season or so. But if if you're only winning one or two against this Florida team who, yes, is very good and has Matthew Kachuk and good top end talent, really they should be beating them. Right? So if you only get one or two, you haven't really gone that far. That's what I think. I think it just makes it funnier. Whole, <laughs> we we lost the joke of the Leafs not being able to make it past round two, and now we can say that they never made it past round or round never made it past round one, and now they can't make it past round two. Uh, but like Cam said, it's kind of they got that monkey off their back of beating Tampa. But if they really don't do anything in this series against Florida, it's kind of just not really doing much for this team. Well, it just it felt to me like we've seen these teams before, right? To me, the biggest example was Washington. And they got past the first round a couple of times, but their big sticking point was Pittsburgh, right? Whenever they ran into Crosby and the Penguins over the last couple of seasons, when before they won their cup, they lost that series. They finally got past Pittsburgh, and it jolted them all the way to a Stanley Cup victory. And I thought we might see something similar with this Leafs team, right? Year after year, first-round losses. And then it's been first-round losses to Tampa Bay every year. Okay, you extinguished all of that. Perhaps it will catapult you in to this second-round series against Florida. I thought this was the better matchup for them. They didn't have to see Boston in round two. But it's just been kind of flat. And as Lou said in segment one, for 25 minutes, I need Austin Matthews to be better. When they were at their best against Tampa Bay, it was 34 who was leading the charge. He cannot be that passive in these games that mean a lot. And I get it. It's a different style. Uh, Florida plays very physical. Bennett and Kachuk are out there doing their thing. And it can be a, a frustrating style to play when that's not your forte. But you have to find a, a way to impact the series a little bit more. And I, I think a lot of people now in Toronto are going, wow, this, okay, we got past round one, but was that their Stanley Cup? Like, that can't be, okay, we finally got there since 2004, and now we're going to just walk this thing out. I think you're kind of, you're both on the same page as me that it would feel, I don't want to say it's a waste. You broke a record that lasted for a very long time, but it's certainly going to come with almost a bit of an asterisk if they can't make more of a series of this against Florida. No, exactly. You have to you have to be able to show that, you know, you can take it to this team or like I was looking at Hockey DB, this core is not going to be here for much longer. Like they have I think it was 15 UFAs by the end of the 23-24 season. Like they need to do this now or else I don't know what's going to happen with this core. Uh, well, and I mean, look, the big one is Austin Matthews, right? And the fact that he's a UFA after next season, Marner and Tavares come up in two seasons. Nylander's a U. I mean, even to have Nylander and Matthews be UFAs next season is already a big enough worry for this group. Add in the fact that now TJ Brody is also a UFA that year. Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, yeah, there's just a there's a ton. I don't think their goaltending is set. Samsonov is an RFA this year. Uh, they still have Matt Murray on the books at four point six million heading into next season. It's a really tough spot, and if this core 
is only known for the one round and beating out Tampa Bay once to end the 20 years or whatever of mediocrity, that's just not, that's not good enough. And that can't be your, your Stanley Cup. And there's a few texts here at 960-960, fan feedback line. Always open to you when you're listening live here at Sportsnet today uh, that I wanted to get to. Uh, this text says, Austin Matthews is a regular season darling. He'll never get you a championship. He's going to have to try to change that narrative. That's for sure. Uh, our pal Matt and Cochran texting in saying, uh, this Leafs team should be contending for a cup. Not being okay with win round and then dropping the series, dropping the next one to a, to a better a team that they're better than, excuse me. Uh, similar to getting bounced by the Blue Jackets, 100%. Uh, this one says, remember when the Rangers took two convincing wins in Jersey? We thought the Devils were in trouble. Look what happened there. I don't think the Leafs are out of it at all. I don't either. But the fact is that you've dropped two games at home. It's a big worry. I certainly don't think they're out of it, but it's just not a very. It's much harder now. Oh, it's just a bad way to start any series. That's just the biggest thing is. I, I feel like it's if you're looking for confidence levels, it's really not a great way to start things off. Uh, this one says the Leafs just not tough enough. They tried to address that. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Chari. The problem is, is I don't think their top players are. You know, you can't match up Noel Chari with Matthew Kachuk because you want to match toughness levels because Kachuk's more skilled at everything else. Sure, he's as tough as Matthew Kachuk, but is he as skilled as Matthew Kachuk? No, he absolutely isn't. Uh, this text says, how does Bennett continually get away with what he does? I'm talking cross-checks only. Had to be at least 20 cross-checks in the seven-game series against against the Bruins, against Toronto, across the neck, uh, for bleep sakes. I will tell you how NHL officiating is the worst in all of pro sports. Don't get me started on NHL player safety. The comedy continues to the point where I question the game. To continue the rant... Uh, I'm sick of it. Who's with me? Yeah, I, the Bennett cross check on Bunting, I think he's a suspension all day. But uh, player safety, as usual, does almost the opposite of what you would expect them to do. So they just spin a wheel and whatever it lands on. It might. They might as well. I think they might honestly be more popular with people and make more rash, insane decisions if that's what they did. And uh, this text, just to antagonize every Leaf fan out here uh, listening, says, don't worry, Phoenix will have their new building signed and getting built by the time Matthews is a free agent and ready to sign there. I hate how accurate that probably is going to be. I have no idea about that. And I mean, I've, I hate that narrative because we lived it in Calgary for so long with Johnny Gaudreau. And in a way, it came true at the end of it. It just... I have no idea what Austin Matthews is. I have no idea if his honest-to-God goal is to go back to uh, to Phoenix and, and play and be the superstar for the Coyotes. I don't know. I, all I know is right now, from a strictly winning perspective, do I think the Leafs have done enough to sell him on you know, coming back to, to what they're doing right now? That would be my bigger worry. I'm not even concerned necessarily about the fact that he might want to go back to Phoenix and and be the, the the Arizona Coyotes face of the franchise thing. Who knows? Maybe that is what he wants to do. I don't know. But from a strictly, what are we selling him in Toronto that he can't possibly leave? 
It's not like it's Tampa Bay and you're trying to keep Steven Stamkos all those years ago. Right? It was easy for Steven to sit there and go, yeah, I mean, I could go home and go to Ontario and be with the Leafs, but Tampa's building something here. I can believe in it. If Austin Matthews walks out of his time in Toronto with one playoff win, one playoff series win, then I think that's a failure on the Leafs and says more about them than it does about what Austin wants to do with his career. Uh, Leafs and Panthers, like we said in that series now, tied at uh, two games apiece. Schedule gets a little bit weird here, if I'm correct. Uh, Game number three in Florida doesn't take place until Wednesday, I believe. Sunday, excuse me, Sunday. Sunday, 4.30. Sunday and then Wednesday. So we got game three Sunday in Florida, and then Monday, Tuesday off, and uh, game four on Wednesday. So a bit of a break in that series for both teams uh, as the series shifts to Florida for the next two games and possibly longer. Uh, we'll take a break, come back on the other side to kick it off hour two. Very excited chat uh, with Calgary Roughnecks goaltender Christian Del Bianco. It's a playoff game for the Calgary Roughnecks tomorrow night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And uh, if the Roughnecks are going to do some damage, it's likely going to be because they've been continuing to get all-star, all-world performances uh, from Mr. Del Bianco. We'll chat with Christian about the great season so far for the Calgary Roughnecks and uh, how excited they are to get back in the roughhouse for a playoff game tomorrow. That's coming up as we kick off Hour 2 here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.